good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. Hey, we discuss local and national Native news and events. And uh, as you know, Haley, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. Mm-hmm. You are right, Dega. This portion of the show is supported by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hey, it's Friday, and we have State Senator Mary Kunish here of the great state of Minnesota. Welcome, Mary. How's it going? Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm doing well, doing well. We're we're busy getting ready for the next session, but all in all, it's it's been pretty good. Awesome. Hey, I just want to bring this up, and I, I don't want to start out on, on a negative note because it, it seems like our show with you on Friday is always super positive, and, and Wendy like ends the show a lot of times with the fun facts of our uh, sacred animals, but I just have to ask you uh, a thing that I just saw a report on a few days ago on the local news. And, you know, the local news, that's all I have to say. They were talking about the Republicans not liking the flag and that it was a really slanted kind of report and that the Republicans are going to bring up and keep the flag and there's no reason to change it and they don't like the flag and Oh my goodness, where where are we at with that? Sure. Well, um, I am actually the author of the legislation that created um, the commission to um, look at and decide on a new flag. And so uh, we went through the process just the way that we said we did. It was really quite transparent. Mm-hmm. We spent um, hours and days on meetings and talking and discussing um, what a good flag looks like, what it should, in you know, the intent of, of why we're doing this. Um, and at the end of the, the um, commission, we, we came up with a new flag. And um, it's not, you know, not everybody's going to be happy with it. Not everybody's going to jump for joy. And that's certainly we're seeing that Um, a lot of we're getting more, you know, we're hearing these groups of people who don't want the flag and for whatever reason, and and they're starting to push back. So a couple of, uh, there was a county and there's a couple of communities that wanted to send uh, resolutions to the governor that um, not to accept it. Um, as to go back and redo it and give more time for the public to talk about it. But we did. We, we you know, it was in all the news, in all the media. We made it very um, user-friendly for the, uh, the people of Minnesota. And so um, they did narrow it down to a flag and a seal. And at this point, um, barring any legislation that would change it or or anything, um, we Minnesota will have a new flag by spring. What? And um, I'm actually really, you know, excited about it. Is it the flag that I would have chosen? Maybe not. Um, does it represent every, you know, is there something on there for everybody? I would hope so. I would hope so. And, um, you know, it's very simple, three colors, um, sort of a, a not an abstract, but a, 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 a strong resemblance of the state of Minnesota in mm-hmm. the left corner. And then um, a star to represent the North Star and then just mm-hmm. like blue. So it's it's very, very simple. Um, it's amazing what kind of a conversation you can have around the different shapes of stars and what <laughs> those stars represent. Mm-hmm. And so um, we did come up with, I think, a good a good uh, solution to the to the issue, and and I'm, I think we'll it'll serve us well for a good long time. 
I agree. And, you know, we have one of our friends, uh, Ho-Chunk, a uh, former city or yeah, uh, city council member, first Native American city council member in Madison, Wisconsin, Arvina Martin. And they worked on a, a change of their flag, city flag. And she had nothing but great things to say about what you guys did in the uh, design of this one. She was ecstatic because she had to go through the same learning process as a lot of you guys did about what makes a good flag. Can a third grader draw it or, you know, and Mm -hmm. all those things that I would never think of. Um, And so, you know, how often have I even flown the original state flag, let known, you know, I I never have. So I, I think there's a lot of nothing going on here that, contrarian contrarians uh like to con to contrary i guess that's yeah. <laughs> contraries are contrarians are going to contrary you're right you're absolutely right <laughs> um we um you know we have heard that there from the um republican party that there will be legislation to recall it and redo <laughs> it and all of those sort of things oh, great. um but, you know, we just, we did it. We went in there with um, the best of intentions, with the best of, uh, uh, best outcomes that we had hoped for. Um, the history, uh, Minnesota History um, Center was able to help us organize it. And they did an outstanding job. We had a great chair and a great vice chair who really kept us on task and, 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 brought in experts to speak about it, gave us all plenty of time to discuss it. But again, there's, you know, there's those that, that didn't, you know, get what they wanted or for them, it's not really resounding, but hopefully people will, will embrace it. And and I'm hearing a lot of good things. I mean, there, there are plenty of people that say, you know, that really wasn't my first choice. I wish it had this, or I wish there was that, Mm -hmm. but all in all, um, you know, I have very few people um, other than, you know, the other side of the, the aisle that are are really adamant against it. And we'll, we'll, you know, I think we'll continue to do to push this forward. Yeah. And I mean, you look at it from a distance. The old flag was just a big blurry dot in the middle. Mm-hmm. And this one does have a state, uh, uh, you know, kind of a abstract kind of a design of the state in the left-hand corner, like you said, and the star, and it'll be, it'll be a lot easier to, to recognize too. Hey, let's move on just a second here. Um, we have the license plates coming out soon for the MMIW, right? Yes, 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 yes. We should hopefully have it all ready to go um, by mid-February. People can Ooh, um, start ordering it. Uh, I, I have been speaking with Juliet Rudy, who is the executive director of the MMIR office. And we're both like, what are you going to put on your license plate? What are you going to put on your license plate? You know, mm. um, but it's going to be really, it'll be lovely. Um, it very, very much what I had imagined it to be two, two and a half years ago when I first came up with the idea for the license plate. And that is, I, I wanted the red hand, of course, and then mm-hmm. I wanted a ribbon skirt that was sort of rippling. And um, they were able to uh, design one and they used the the logo for the MMIR office, which I love. So that's great. Yep. That'll be over in the left. And then um, there is going to be a ribbon skirt uh kind of rippling um, on the other side and you can put your own letters and number combination oh. on there. So uh, I'm still kind of working out which, I mean, that that's like a, a vanity plate. Mm-hmm. If you do it that way, there might be a little bit of extra money, but the um, to do this extra license, there is a, a, a small annual fee and that fee goes into the reward uh, the reward pool that we created in the MMIR office. Mm-hmm. And so they will be able to use those dollars to um, to reward people, to ask for, you know, to, to kind of ferry out information. They have to do investigations or searches. Um, so I'm really, really excited. And again, Minnesota is leading the nation in this. So we can go now to the Minnesota Department of uh, 
transportation and, and order one now? Um, I would wait until mid-February when we actually, actually have the, we just are waiting for the troopers to okay the design. Well, mine will be saying Ho-Chunk. Hey, we're here <laughs> with State, State Senator Mary Kunish, and this is Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake. Stay with us. I heard sex trafficking happens a lot in Indian country. What is that? Here are some of the real reasons why sex trafficking happens in Indian country. Unequal gender roles that were forced on us by colonization. Communities don't have enough resources. Silence around domestic and sexual violence. Lack of attention and justice for missing and murdered indigenous people. There's a lot of behavior that keeps our communities out of balance. These are just a few true reasons why native communities are targeted by traffickers. When these acts of violence happen in our communities, it opens us all up for exploitation. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Signing up for $1 bus and train rides with the Transit Assistance Program, or TAP, is quick and easy. Do it straight from your computer or phone by uploading one of the pre-approved documents listed at metrotransit.org slash TAP, along with a copy of your ID. We'll mail you a go-to card with a full year of discounted rides. For questions or translation help, call 612-373-3333. 612-373-3333. Hey, if you're like a lot of people, you're probably relieved that the holiday celebrations are over. But there's one thing that might stay with us from the holidays besides all those gifts, and that's COVID-19. Numbers from COVID are going up as we spend more time inside. And Native Americans are seeing even bigger case spikes. With all the indoor celebrations over the holidays, you may have unknowingly been exposed to someone with COVID-19. That's why it's important to stay vigilant. If you notice any symptoms like a fever, a tickle in the throat, or heavy fatigue, take an at-home test. They're still free and can be ordered at sayyeshometest.org. If you do test positive, you're eligible for free treatment, and no health insurance is required. Visit health.state.mn.us to connect with providers and receive your treatment. Let's make 2024 the healthiest year ever, securing a brighter future for our Native community. Hey, welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake. This portion of the show is supported by Native American Community Clinic on Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis, honoring health and tradition. Hey, we are here with State Senator Mary Kunish and uh, yeah. talking over. And she's there babysitting on our, our Friday uh, babysitting. Uh, so it's good to hear the babies in the background. And uh, you're just missing a cat and a dog over there to make some... Uh, you could interesting. Well, there we go. Sounded yep. like a cat. Her mama, her mama came, so now it's all excited about her mama being here. Oh, grandma, who? Yeah, please. <laughs> I don't know if I like that. A uh, lot going on here, and a lot of what happened this last week. Uh, news was like totally fast about you know, our friend uh, Maggie Lorenz, and uh, what's your take on what happened here? And I know. It's kind of turned out to be a good learning uh, situation, but at first it was pretty like I don't know. Brought up a lot of a uh, lot of angst for us here on Native Roots Radio. Yeah, it, um, it it. So what we're talking about is the fact that the St. Paul Winter Carnival medallion, which gets hidden every year, and then you have to follow the clues that are in the newspaper and find the medallion. And it's, it's usually hidden, you know, pretty well and folks really get into it. Well, this year it was hidden down at the Wakan Tipi uh, in St. Paul, which of course is um, historically a very sacred site for um, the Dakota people. And for century or, you know, decades, as soon as as the whites came to Minnesota, that area that is right down by right on the Mississippi River 
where the barges would come through and the river boats would come through. And it was a perfect place for the trains to come through. And it's a, there's a bluff with a cave that had sacred drawings and um, archaeological items that, of course, were either destroyed or removed. And um, Maggie and the Wakan Tipi folks have been working so hard to return it to its natural state to educate people around the, um, the sacredness of the site, as well as allowing, uh, you know, building a sort of an interpretive uh, center there, which we have been working really hard with, um, with the legislature to get them some dollars to do that. And um, to have it hidden there in, and um, have people tromping through it in a way. And I think there were people that tried to get into the bluffs in the, in the cave um was just really heartbreaking and nobody knew that it was there of course and of course you know in the beginning when we first found out everybody was horrified you know the native community uh and poor me was heartbroken mm -hmm. but um the star tribune who's responsible for it were very uh apologetic and probably a little horrified themselves um and um that, know, was, that uh... was good that was the St. Paul paper, the Pioneer Press. Yeah. Yep, the St. Paul Pioneer. So I think at the end of the day, um, they recognized how terrible it was and how, um, and they did apologize profusely and sincerely mm -hmm. and um, really recognized that they had made a terrible mistake and, and, and took ownership for it. And I think it was a huge, huge learning um yeah. opportunity for a lot of people and organizations well maggie told us that she got a lot of calls uh the next day uh from the city and people that she works with on the uh, in the community that really jumped in and apologized and like you said or we got to get back one back one step the pioneer press there's only one person who uh hides and gives the clues and nobody knows who he is uh could be uh, her too uh but they've been doing it for all these years it's ten thousand dollars so people especially when there's no uh state senator yeah. there's digging going on everywhere yeah. and i heard there was some digging by that birthing cave uh and and it wasn't as bad as it could have been uh because there probably wasn't snow but uh, he didn't know, and then he has nobody. The person that makes the makes the clues and hides it doesn't have to talk to anybody about where they're hiding it. Yeah, and this was not on like the Capitol and like uh, the governor's mansion, and there's a few other places on the list of do not look for this. Yeah, I think years past, people have been down there looking for it, even if the clues weren't or weren't. Uh, directed exactly towards that place so that's good to get it on that list absolutely yeah yeah the and, list. you know and 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 it just raises the consciousness not not in a bad way but it raises the consciousness of people like do i is this is this an okay place especially if it's connected to um a, a, a cultural group or an ethnic group you know like mm -hmm. if it was the rondo neighborhood is this a a place that is special or unique or sacred to our african-american folks you know would mm -hmm. you do something like that uh is it phelan lake that has the beautiful asian um garden area i don't know right. that they would hide it in there but it, there's there's just there's a growing awareness of uh, these sacred sites in Minnesota. And um, I hope that that folks just stop and pause for a minute um, when they are around something that seems kind of unique or, or whatever before they do anything like that. And of course, we always want to make sure that we are treating Mother Nature, you know, the earth, the land, the waters, the skies, our communities um, with respect by not 
abusing the space. So we're not leaving our garbage in our trash. We're not mm-hmm. tromping through trees and bushes and, and grasses that might be, um, you know, vulnerable or fragile, um, that wherever we go, remember, I mean, I remember this was a mantra that my, my grandpa and then my family always grew up with like, leave a place in better condition than you mm. found it. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe this is just one of those learning opportunities where we can remind everybody, think twice before you you do or, you know, have an effect on an environment. You know, I remember when I was really young, because um, my family lived, uh, was from kind of the east side. My, my, uh, my father, Robert Pilot Sr., was brought up in Harding and back in the 30s and 40s. And the Winter Carnival one year had the had the snow castle, I believe, in Mounds Park. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, there was no fences. People were playing on those burial mounds. And, uh, you know, that was not that long ago. So people have learned, State Senator uh, uh, Mary, they, that uh, things they just have to have to learn and and people are um acting differently towards that area well i remember when i was first elected to the house back in 2017 it was my first session and um the the legislature there was a bill to put money into a park up there in mounds park with a water uh, a water park and everything and and it's like, you guys, those are sacred mounds. That's that's a burial site. Yeah. And people just looked at me like, what are you talking about? It's there, it's Mounds Park. I'm like, do you know what those mounds are? Right. You know, you might as well call it Mounds Cemetery because those mm-hmm. are our, our ancestors. And you know there have been mounds up there that were disturbed prior to that. Um well, and, there were a hundred grave sites there over the years that were definitely uh, dug up, and mm-hmm. that, I remember that that was a big deal—the splash pad and all that going on there. And um, there was a lot of community members that were upset, and there was a lot of things going on there. And uh, it ended up changing because not only uh, are there burial grounds, but the bones of our ancestors are all over that park. Oh yes. Oh my gosh, yes. You know, I remember it was so interesting um, a couple of years ago when Wakan Tipi was just, they were, it was just starting to get organized. Mm-hmm. And um, we, we went down there, my brother and my sister and I joined a, uh, something that Maggie was holding down there. And we were talking to, I forget what his name is, he's the archaeologist up at the University of Minnesota Duluth. And we we're talking about, you know, finding artifacts and things as and we're just walking down the trail and I'm walking walking and all of a sudden I look down and I swear to God an arrow had this big uh-huh. an inch and a half and I reached out I'm like like this and they all looked at me like oh my god you just plucked that out of the out of the you know the sand uh, path that we were walking on so it's everywhere. It's sitting mm-hmm. on the top of the soil. It's it's under the soil. It's in that whole area. And then it's a sacred site. So mm-hmm. there are the spirits, there are the resonance of our ancestors there that that we can't deny. Right. And, you know, that uh, arrowhead that you found would make a nice necklace for me. I just thought I'd throw that out there. Well, oh, I didn't keep it. I, I handed <laughs> it off to them. Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah, I I didn't keep that. I know, um, (laughs) like you were mentioning too, Robert, just about Mounds Park and everything. There's a great article here from NPR um, saying that, you know, this isn't the first time that the Pioneer Press has used sacred ground. I guess in 1987, the medallion was found wrapped in clay and and grass at Indian Mounds Regional Park. Hey, Mm -hmm. that's not that long ago either. No. so Jeez year before the twins in the world series but hey we're here with state senator mary kunish that's a good update and i think in the 60s too they had the castle up there a smaller castle but i'd have to uh to google that because i was a young and young in that and that was many many moons ago as they say <laughs> yeah hey this is native Ritz radio presents i'm way i'm awake and we're here with state senator mary kunish and it's our It's our casual Friday here, and we're just having a conversation. We'll be right back. 
Stay with us. The city of Minneapolis is now on Native Roots Radio with Minneapolis AIR. AIR stands for American Indian Relations. Guest host Christine McDonald talks to people about important things affecting the city's Native communities. Minneapolis AIR dives into topics like public safety, public health, elections, and so much more. Tune in to Minneapolis AIR on Native Roots Radio from 5 to 6 p.m. on the second Wednesday of every month, right here on AM 950. As we age, it's important to invest in our health and to help protect it. Like the flu, COVID-19 is always changing. That's why it's important to stay up to date on your vaccines. By getting the flu and COVID-19 vaccines, you can renew your body's defenses and lower the risk of getting sick. Get your health boost and protect yourself against the flu and COVID-19. Find vaccines near you at vaccines.gov. That's vaccines.gov. Life can be hard. Sometimes it feels like there's no answers, like there's no way out. Hennepin County's COPE Mobile Crisis Response is here to listen and help you find a way through whatever is going on in your life. Call 612-596-1223 for no-cost crisis support anytime, anywhere in Hennepin County. That number is 612-596-1223. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's Let's live live and and let howl. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Greg Bakken here. Like you, I love good, fresh, delicious food. So I want to tell you about this treasure in Roseville called Maverick's Real Roast Beef. Maverick's has the best roast beef sandwiches I've ever had. Made fresh every order. Add fries or onion rings dropped in the fryer when ordered, and you have a winning combination. Maverick's Real Roast Beef has a lot more than roast beef, so check out their website, maverick'sbeef.com, or check out their restaurant on Lexington in Roseville. Become a teacher and ignite change. Join the St. Paul Urban Residency Program to become a teacher in just 15 months. You can earn your master's degree and teaching license from the University of St. Thomas while earning a $30,000 stipend, single health care, and dental benefits. As an added bonus, next year's cohort, all residents will receive $20,000 towards their tuition. Apply now. Applications due February 28, 2024. Visit spps.org backslash s-u-t-r. Hey, welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake. This portion of the show is supported by J.S. Bean Factory off Randolph Avenue in St. Paul. Only the good stuff keeps us awake. I am awake. Oh, uh, hey, we're here with State Senator Mary Kunish. And, uh, uh, you know, I get, before we get going too far, it's uh, that time of year and it's uh, a great celebration. And I just want to wish uh, you and everybody out there uh, a happy Black History Month. Well, thank you, Wapilatanka. I, I would like to also acknowledge and uh, and wish everybody a uh, happy Black History Month. There's so much to learn, and mm-hmm. um, you know, we the par- the while while the perils of the Indigenous people of the United States and the Black people are not exactly the same. Um, they have you know, suffered at the hands of colonization in very similar ways, yet different. And um, we're all, you know, still um, 
feeling those effects, you know, the, the slavery, they were brought here, they were forced here. This country in a lot of ways was built on the back, backs of, of black slaves, especially in the South. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, um, not having the same opportunities economically, education, um, uh, housing, all of those things. So I, I hope as much as there seems to be a positive turn for our, our native uh, community, indigenous people across America. I hope that um, that is is continuing uh, for our uh, African American communities. And and one thing I'll just share that's really positive is um, our neighbors in Wisconsin passed a missing and murdered African American women's task force. Wow. Yeah, and it was based on the one, uh, the legislation that uh, Representative Ruth Richardson and I passed here in Minnesota. Mm. So we, you know, we've been supporting them back and forth. They they really used a lot of our um, experience to get theirs passed. And I just recently wrote a letter, and this was to create their office, their permanent office of missing and murdered African Americans like we have. Mm -hmm. And so I just recently wrote a letter of support and the bill passed past. And um, so we will we will continue to to do that work with them because the intersections of African-American and indigenous people is is very strong. And let's remember that there are a lot of our relatives Mm -hmm. that are mixed, whether it's with the Latino community, the African-American community, the um, Asian South Pacific, you know, we are uh, uh, an amalgamation of all these beautiful cultures and um, plenty of of our relatives um, carry the heritage of, of both the African-American and the the indigenous. Yeah. And uh, I was going to mention that too. I'm glad you did. Uh, And there's a a newer term out there now, Afro-Indigenous that I've heard Mm -hmm. as a old person here going, Oh, that's a new one. But and the, many of them are our relatives and mm-hmm. really our close relatives, Haley. So we do have yeah. a lot of McKees out there that are Afro-Indigenous. So uh, yeah. a great uh, Black History Month to everybody listening. Yeah, 100%. So we got, uh, always have to do this uh you know, with Wendy, he was always telling me, well, ask Mary what she wants to talk about. And uh, one of the things before we get there, and I think you wanted to talk about this too, is the museums and uh, this new federal law that just came out that kind of, uh, I don't know, surprised people or it's or at least seemed that way in the national news. Uh, what's yeah. your take? Well, it shouldn't surprise people too much. Um uh, what what it is is that um, it uh, an update to the NAGPRA law, a NAGPRA Act. That's mm-hmm. the Native American Graves Protection and Reparation Act, uh, and there was a recent update to that. And so, um, what really what the deal is is that um, you know you just can't go dig up mounds, dig up air. Uh, areas and take whatever is found, whether it's the the bones or the artifacts or anything like that. And that's been around, NAGPRA has been around for um, a long, long time. Mm. Um, But now what they, what they're saying is that uh, these museums that are holding a lot of these artifacts, um, they um, really need to repatriate them to back to the tribes. Wow. And um, so what they have to do is um, get consent from the tribes before displaying any cultural objects or using them for research, because we've heard the stories of in the past um, archaeologists finding bones mm-hmm. and taking them to their universities or their um, research places and studying the bones and and that sort of thing. Well, those are our ancestors. Yeah. <laughs> those are somebody's parents, grandparents, great grandparents, no matter what. And I don't know that any of us, um, you know, without permission would, would want that to happen. And so there are some uh, museums that are, you know, really doing the best that they can. Um, others are saying, well, until we hear from the tribes, we're just going to continue. But you know, for a lot of museums, 
they have substantial displays and exhibits. I mean, if you right. think of here in the Twin Cities, um, some of our museums have incredible ones uh, and uh, even our history center. So I think that will be a lot of work on, on the um, side of these museums to uh, be sure that, that they are following this to, to the, um, to the last letter, to the last period of the law. And, um, you know, in the past I've heard, well, we can't give it back. Where are they going to put it? Do they have museums to put it? Wow. Um, you know, what, how wow. do they even know how to hold it or handle it? I mean, like, like Whoa. we don't know how to take care of our, our ancestors. Gee. And so, um, you know, I, I mean, and it, it, that in a way that's a legitimate um, thing. You know, if you were to return 10 truck full, uh, semi truck full of artifacts and remains, um, are we prepared to, to get them back? But the, I think what's most important here is you're working with the tribes. Mm -hmm. You're working with them. And if it means that, please hold on to them until we ha are ready for them. Um, but we do want them back, or at least we want to have a say in how they're displayed and how they're used. Well, you remember the story in, uh, in 2005, we got, uh, the tribe got this back, but the story about Yale and their secret society skull and bones having Geronimo's skull for all those years and on display at, at their Yale uh, fraternity place and finally getting that back in 2005 and burying it with the rest of his body. Is this an example, Mary, of what we're talking about um, maybe in the more severe side, but yet mm -hmm. still that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, it's just, it's just, a, um, it's one of those things that we have to continue to educate around and educate around. So um, we'll keep doing it. We'll keep doing it. Yeah, definitely. Well, what do you got ahead? Uh, we got a couple more minutes here. What do you got ahead this next week? I know you've been doing a lot of traveling around the state. Uh, I know you have your grandkids this weekend. and uh, uh, But you guys are a couple weeks away from firing up another session and uh, another triple threat session, too, I may add. And, uh, and so there's got to be some excitement and uh, preparation going on these next two weeks. Yep. We're doing a lot of... Um a lot of preparation for uh, this next session. Last session, we had just an astronomical uh, session where we had a lot of surplus dollars and we had a lot of, of money to invest in Minnesota. And we used every penny of it, let me tell you. And mm -hmm. we used it in the best way possible. As the chair yeah. of education finance, I had $5.3 billion to put towards education and it's starting to pay off. Yeah. There was a great article in uh, the Star Tribune about how Minneapolis schools put at least a halftime librarian, licensed librarian back into their schools. Yeah. And uh, one of the quotes from the library media specialist was that the, bo uh, the books are flying off the shelf by the gazillion <laughs> uh, so it's working. Yay. Yeah, working. that is. Yes. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. So as a former library media specialist myself, um, I was just like ecstatic to, to read that article and, and hear mm -hmm. about that. But I think this will be, um, a little bit of more of a subdued session. It's a shorter session. We're not starting until mid February and we have to be done before Memorial day. Mm -hmm. Uh, and we don't have the funding that we had last year and it's not a funding year it's a bonding year so that means right. we'll be really focusing on um providing the supports for the infrastructure of our state roads bridges um state-owned uh buildings universities and colleges and uh you know i i kind of have just been saying i i want to review what we did I want to improve on, you know, anything that we need to improve on if we can tinker with it here or there a little bit. And then um, I just want to kind of let it all settle before we start working on some other really good things. We did add new curriculum, ethnic studies, mm. um, um, health, no, not health standards. Oh, ethnic studies. What else did we put in there? 
how can I even forget that? But there are a couple of things that we that we did, and it'll take some some work to get it done. And uh, oh, personal finance that was yeah. that was the other one, which Ooh. I think is real important. Yeah. So we'll just continue to review what we did and and uh, make sure that we have the resources there to for the schools and the housing and health services, all of those different organiz- or, um, areas have those resources to, to do the work that we ask them to do. So are there any like holdover bills that you didn't get to that can come up or does that have to go to the next session? No, we work on a biennium. So if you, uh, if you uh, introduce a bill the first year of the biennium, which was last year, um, mm-hmm. it carries to the second year this year. So we don't have to reintroduce them. Ah. Now, if there's some more bills that we want to do, repeat next year, the next biennium, then we would have to to get a new bill number and everything like that. Well, your work's t- cut out for you, and I'm really glad that you're there. And uh, always great to see a, a familiar face when we do visit the Capitol. And uh, thank you so much for coming in and uh, spending some time with us. I know it's well appreciated, and I hear a lot of really good things. And this is our seventh year on uh, the air uh, as of January. And You've been such a big part of it. Now I just want to say a big peeny geeky. Well, Wopi Watanka, for always inviting me and giving me an opportunity to talk about this stuff that just seems to come to our mind pretty easily. Right on. Hey, we'll be right back. This is Native Ritz Radio. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. The city of Minneapolis is now on Native Roots Radio with Minneapolis AIR. AIR stands for American Indian Relations. Guest host Christine McDonald talks to people about important things affecting the city's Native communities. Minneapolis AIR dives into topics like public safety, public health, elections, and so much more. Tune in to Minneapolis AIR on Native Roots Radio from 5 to 6 p.m. on the second Wednesday of every month right here on AM 950. As we pack away the ornaments and bid farewell to the holiday season, it's time to unwrap the gift that keeps on giving, getting protected by a COVID-19 vaccination. This is your chance to make a difference, especially as our Native communities face higher COVID numbers. Those higher numbers underscore the need for collective action. So answer the call and get vaccinated. The latest vaccines are not just authorized, but they're proven effective against the current variants. This is extra protection, even if you've already had previous vaccines, since previous vaccines will eventually wear off. Plus, the new shots are FDA approved for ages six months and up. A COVID vaccine is not just a shot. It's a pledge to safeguard the wisdom and stories handed down by our elders. So join the movement, get vaccinated, and make 2024 the healthiest year ever ever securing a brighter future for our Native community. For more information, including details about clinics offering free vaccines, visit vaccines.gov. Hey, welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm Wake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Oh! Oh! Haley, what's happening? Uh, I guess we'd like to talk a little bit what's happening around the Twin Cities here uh, the next few days, or really the next day. It looks like there's a lot of stuff happening. A ton of things happening around the Twin Cities metro area. Really good uh, Native Indigenous events going on. Uh, tomorrow, beginning, uh, starting out the weekend, we have Native Heart Mar- Art Market, which is happening Saturday, February 3rd from 1 and to hard. And hard to say. <laughs> art heart market no native heart mark art market that's hard to say 
Yeah, Native Heart Art Market. There we go. <laughs> um, that'll be at 120 or 1228 Payne Avenue in St. Paul. Some of the artists there, Jennifer Adams, uh, Jada Gray Eagle, uh, Delaney Kishena, uh, Alex Romero. So yeah, Marlena Miles, who uh, I don't know if you've seen her buses, but there, there's uh, buses that she's designed, city buses, and uh, she's just been an unbelievable artist over the years. And and Marissa uh, Martinez, it's funny. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but I, everybody in uh, my immediate family here, Wendy and the my two daughters and myself, we have an eagle ring that I bought for Christmas from Marissa Eagle Feather, I should say. Eagle. Oh. oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, do you guys take turns wearing the ring or something? Or the eagle, right? <laughs> yeah. But uh, she does silver work, and uh, geez, I'm definitely going to try and get out there um, as soon as possible because uh, those are some really well-known uh, artists, too. Um, and it's going to be hard, too, because I know we're going to talk about a little bit about uh, Shakopee's powwow, but I'm going to be uh, trying to get out there for grand entry, too. So I don't know. How can, how can I be at two places at once? You cannot. That's the trick. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's there's a plenty of other things. So if Shakopee um, powwow is a little bit too big for you and you want to hit up some of the smaller markets, this would be a good one. Again, uh 1228 Payne Avenue in St. Paul tomorrow, Saturday from one to four. Otherwise we have the Shakopee Midwakanton Sioux community winter Wachipi or winter powwow celebration happening going on all weekend. So the third through the fourth grand entry Saturday is at one and 7 PM Sunday at 1 PM. It's public uh, welcome. There's free admission and there's also a live stream. And again, this uh, is in Shakopee at 2300 to Wahi circle. Well, that's how I can be in two places at once. They have a live stream. There you go. Jeez, thank you. What the <laughs> yeah, hell? I know. I always, I always like the live stream too. Um, but they'll have moccasin games, uh, drum groups, craft vendors, dance contests, prizes, all, all of the good stuff out there. I know. Last year, uh, we had a group of Ho Chunk uh, playing the moccasin games that took second place, and that was nice. That was huge, and that's a. Uh, yeah. That's a heck of a game. Come and watch. It's pretty fun and intense, and it's a big guessing game. And uh, uh, and I'm sure it's in another room other than the main powwow, so walk around a little bit and try and find that. Uh, it's definitely worth it. It's definitely history and uh, uh, good medicine. Absolutely. I remember trying to watch and, and learn from some of the players that were playing the moccasin games at the last powwow I was at. And it is such an exciting game. Uh, we get so into it. Uh, anyways, if you can't make it to the Midwakanton Sioux powwow this weekend and you want to check out this Lover's Craft Affair Indigenous Market is happening Sunday, uh, February 4th, uh, noon to 4. And this is happening at Eagle and Con Condor, 790 7th Street, St. Paul. Yeah, it's interesting that it's named that, too. And there, there's history behind the Eagle and the Condor. And that's... Uh... Uh, a story about uh, the eagle as being the Native Americans and the condors are uh, uh, Latino friends in the south of the border, which, of course, there was no borders back then, but uh, that have gotten together. And so it's a very symbolic name, too. Mm, that's a good point. Um, what else? So Trickster Tacos will be at the Lover's Craft Affair Indigenous Market on Sunday, along with uh, Skoden Studio, Edible Arts, and Blue Hummingbird Woman. Well, oh, that's, be on, awesome as well. that's on Sunday. Okay, so uh, Saturday you can go to the Native Heart Art Market, and then uh, Sunday go to, uh, on the east side too, the, the Lover's Craft uh, Indigenous Market. Uh, Mingle, shop, and taste sweet treats. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's always, you? always, everything is just good. The food, the the company, the activities, the the art, the jewelry. I, I just love going to powwows and all these art markets. Everyone's so talented. Yeah, I want to uh, mention this uh, MMIWR event. A couple times in this last segment, I know we got a couple other places to do uh, to to uh, talk about, but uh, the Missing and Murdered Indigenous uh, Relatives March, which 
you know, since COVID's been kind of up and down last year, it was funny. Uh, it was raining, but also the streets were so icy. And this year we're looking for better weather. And uh, it starts at 11 on February 14th, which is um, some people know as Valentine's Day also. But uh, there's speakers at 11 uh, and it's in the ASL and interpreted where is it exactly um it's looking like east phillips community and culture center 2307 that's where it was yeah that's where it was last year cool because we're used to having it at the indian center and that's opening up soon in may um and we'll be able to get back and grandpa pilot here won't be all confused where to go But yes, if you're going to go out to the out to the march, uh, we'll definitely be there again, uh, February 14th. Speakers start at 11. March begins at noon, and wear red. Yeah, definitely wear red um, because it'll be a sea of red. And uh, one of the things too, I always want to remind our our relatives and our allies that come to this and come to things like that. This uh, is that the women uh, lead this march. And we just, I just want to bring that up because over the years, there's been um, uh, lack of knowledge. And but the women will be leading this march for sure. So that's one thing that uh, that we want to be straight with everybody and come come represent, come join in, wear red, and uh, and hear the speakers before the march. Uh, it's always inspiring. There's people. Uh, from all over the country that come to this. And I remember one year, Bernie Sanders' wife marched with us and uh, oh, when wow. he was running for president, and that was really fun. We had her on Native Roots Radio that day. And uh, so there's people that are really boots on the ground coming and joining us and stories. And it's somber, it's so somber, Haley, that, you know, with um, people bringing in and their relatives are still missing. There's posters of mm-hmm. people and families that, they still haven't found their, their loved ones. So it's, it's a somber Mm -hmm. event, but it's, it needs to be done. And it's Mm -hmm. also a gathering and a celebration of, of sorts. Yeah. We'll always, we'll keep bringing attention to our missing and murdered uh, indigenous relatives and, and they're, we're always thinking about them and yeah, it should be just a great day. We're hoping for a big turnout and, uh, who are some of the other people, Robert or Dega, that uh, that have came out to the march? Usually, it's uh, like Heather Keeler and right. Mary Kunish. Yeah, and Mary was, it always speaks. Uh, the state senator, uh, she always speaks, and uh, because that she was a part of that bill of the MMIWR uh, office here, and so she's had a big push over the years, and. Uh, has had a opening statement. The governor's been there, and of course, the lieutenant governor. Uh, right, right. So, to me, those are the top dogs. And also, like I said, uh, you know, I can't remember her first name. I'm a dumb dumb here, but uh, Bernie Sanders' oh. wife. Bernie Sanders' <laughs> wife. <laughs> I actually, a, unfortunately, don't know her name. <laughs> right. And I don't Google fast enough to mm. make this a, a, a relevant statement. But hey, I just want to say, hey, big Pinagigi to all you people that are doing things for the community and art. Always ask who made whatever you're buying that looks indigenous. If they can't tell you, don't buy it. Mm -hmm. We're still here. We are the seventh generation, and this has been Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake. Free Leonard Peltier. Now.